welcome to the Ultimate Social Media Guide podcast with me, Darren Edwards, helping you to grow your business online. Hi, and welcome to this episode of the Ultimate Social Media Guide. It's Darren here from Follow My Media. And today I'm speaking with Jamie Sargent from Building Profits. So Jamie not only is a personal friend of mine, he is a small business sales expert working with solo business owners and sales team to create successful sales processes and structures, providing the ability to generate more business that will allow you to close more sales consistently and increase profits. Having set up in 2021 following a successful sales career, Building Profits is now working with clients who are seeing increased results through the right activity and conversations. Jamie, welcome and thank you very much for being a guest. Thanks for having me. I know it's a bit of a mouthful, that whole uh, that whole spiel there. So It was worth it getting well. it, it does give you a good introduction. I like it. <laughs> I try so to cut just, it all in one go. Absolutely. Yeah, we got we got that. Um, so just to begin with, you wanted to tell us a little bit about yourself, uh, your business and how you got to where you are today. Okay, so I'm Jamie, for those who don't know me, which is probably everybody. Um, I uh, So I started in sales at the age of, properly at the age of 18. I was selling mortgages for NatWest Bank uh, in a call centre. Uh, I went off and did some policing for a few years, which uh, you'll know about, Darren. Um, did about 14 years, roughly, as a cop, uh, frontline, all over the place. Uh, came away from that in 2015. I went back into the world of sales. Uh, so originally into car sales and then moved into um packaging into pharmaceutical packaging, uh, then into builders, merchants and landscaping products, and then finally into, um, best way of describing it, plastic components for uh, the MOD sector. Um, so through that time, I've learned a lot of processes. Uh, I learned how poor people are trained in sales when I went into car sales particularly, um, and you get this uh, smiling, I call it the smiling assassin, but the, the slimy, you know, big Rolex watch that isn't really a Rolex, a Folex, yeah. handshakes, yeah. and um, just just uncomfortable, just really uncomfortable. Uh, I was fortunate enough in 2017 to go on the Grant Cardone sales training program, uh, which is a 12-month sales training program, uh, teaches you all about process, teaches you all about structure to your process. Um, it also works with you on the understanding of what a customer is saying, what they aren't saying, uh, and ways of uh, anticipating what's going to come out, in particular at the objection stage. Yeah. Uh, that kind of changed my sales career. So I was doing, I was doing reasonably okay. You know, I was earning a reasonable amount of money. Went on this program, uh, and sort of over the next months and years, my my income kind of went that way quite steeply and quite quickly, uh, which I was very fortunate of. Uh, I set up Building Profits now in 2021. So January 2021, I started the formation of it. And for me, it's uh, I've experienced the bad way of sales training through the car sales, through the different the different roles. Um, and I've experienced really good sales training, but at a very, very high rate. You know, the, the cost of that Grant Cardone program was phenomenal. Um, so what I decided to do is put Building Profits together uh, to work with the small business owner, so the solo business owner who's kind of just getting on off the ground, or perhaps you know someone who's got their first or second member of the sales team uh, in place. In which case, then that allowed me to, uh, or allows me to work with them to grow their business, get their profits up, get the process in place, and also it gives them sales confidence because when you sell and you sell well and you sell a lot, 
you feel confident, you feel happy, it gives you this, you know, this buzzing feeling, it gives you that kind of like, you know, you're bouncing a little bit, uh, and it's a confidence level that, that takes you up here. Um, and that's what I like to teach, that's what I like to work with, that's what I like to develop. Uh, and ultimately, it's also to help people get their profits to where they want them to be. Absolutely, absolutely. Hell of a journey. It's been, it's been, it's been a rocky road, let me tell you. There's been, there's been some sleepless nights in there along the way, some Red Bulls and some uh, some 3 a.m. get-ups. But, uh, yeah, it's been a journey. Absolutely. But it's a good journey. It's a good, good journey. So I, th- I think for me, uh, when people mention the term sales, it comes back to what you were saying about that. Front of the that that slimy impression of someone that you really don't want to speak to. Um, so for you, what does the term sales mean to you as someone who is sort of in that area? So, so originally, when I went into sales, and, and I see this a lot now with people, a lot of people think it's this: you've got to be friends with somebody, you've got to, you know, I've got to be your buddy to sell you. We've got to be great, have this great relationship and this rapport building. Actually, what what I am and what you are is I'm a sales professional in the industry I'm in and you're a customer that perhaps needs or I need to establish if you've got a need of that service product that I offer. So it's kind of, for me, it's it's basically a diagnosis. It's a professional diagnosis of are you in need of, for in my example, sales training and can I work with you? Can I deliver what you need? Yeah. And of course, there, there are customers that, yes, I can work with and there are customers that might come that I might say, no, I can't work with you for, for various reasons. But it's about that professional diagnosis of what is the problem you've got in your sales or problems you've got in the sales and how can we fix them and what, what steps are we going to take to fix them and then am I the right person to deliver that for you? Ultimately, uh, and I suppose the, the Google guide of it is, it's the exchange of money for service. That, that's the ultimate sort of thing. And that's what we're all here to do. Yeah, you know, the, the relationship building is important. There, there's no two ways about it. You've got to have a good relationship along the line. Um, but in the in the first instance, you've got to be able to diagnose and figure out, have I got the right product here for you? Because otherwise, you know, if you've come in looking for cheese and I sell ham and you don't want to buy ham and ham won't fix your problems, then what's the point sitting here talking for four hours about it? Absolutely. So it's, so it's about that fit, isn't it? Yeah, it's absolutely get the right fit, get the right customer. And, you know, as long as that works and that service delivers and the customer works with you and understands that, then whatever product service you sell, and that doesn't matter whether you sell a product like a car, for example, or you sell um, social media packages, it, it, you know, that process is very, very similar. Yeah. The results yeah. are different and the relationship might be slightly different in terms of I bought a car, won't see it for three years versus you're going to manage my social media for the next X amount of time. Yeah. But that process remains the same. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Back to its core. core yeah. It's the the, same the pillars are there and, and then a little bit of branches off depending on what you sell. Yeah. Fair enough. Good answer. I like it. Uh, well, thanks. <laughs> for, me, for me, certainly in social media, the, the terms yep. sales funnel uh, and customer journey are, uh, are thrown about quite a lot um, with yep. uh, different different meanings i think from different people so uh i, I know sort of where where i sit whether that's right or wrong um, yeah but uh for you in in your world how does uh, a sales funnel and a customer journey fit together okay so your sales funnel and your customer journey so the the olden days and the old way of sales training would be you'd have your funnel and then you'd have your customer journey here 
So your funnel would be uh, your leads coming at the top end. So that will be whether they're coming through social media, website, uh, outbound activity, inbound activity, however that is. So your leads are there, and then you're kind of having a conversation with them here, so having a discussion. They slowly drop down and slowly drop down to the point where a few of them are ready to buy, uh, and then they go on the journey from there. Uh, and then the customer journey begins in terms of, you know, more qualification um, all the way through to closing. In the more modern times, I think that's changed in the sense that the, the funnel and the customer journey start together. So when you've got these this open top here where your leads are coming in or you're doing that around activity, whether they're coming through social media, that customer now, because they're more clued up, are already starting that customer journey with you. Yeah. So they'll know a little bit about uh, you personally. They'll know a little bit about your business. Uh, they'll have read reviews about you. Um, they will... They will know kind of a lot of people are clued up to kind of what they want or what they think they want. Whether they come in thinking that what they want is the right thing they need is very different. But, you know, that they'll come in sort of saying, I want package X and I want it to do Y and you are the man I've chosen. And then it's down to, you know, then you'll get into the, the conversations of, well, actually, package X doesn't suit you because it doesn't do this, this and this. And, you, and when we've spoke, this is what you actually need. Uh, and so that that's the journey starts further back now, uh, whereas it used to only start really when the customer's in a buying position. Yeah. Um, now it starts way, way, way back right up there because of the fact that uh, everybody's got more access to everything. You know, uh, there's a there's a great sales trainer called Matt Elwell, um, and he talks about the phone, so the iPhone in this example. Um, but he'll say that's a miniature computer; it's not a phone. Uh, because of the fact you can do so much on it, you know, you can yeah. research something in four seconds or something crazy, uh, all the way through to you can buy you can buy a car on your mobile phone. It's you know, and everything in between. It's quite scary, uh, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> it is. Yeah, it is. In front of I bought a car over the phone the other day, so that's, <laughs> uh, that's that's me talking about it. But yeah, it's it's the journey. Then is the customer, uh, and again, so the journey used to be kind of a You've bought, we take you on this journey, we've sold, we've delivered. That's kind of it. You're sat over here now. We might call you in three months to a referral or whatever. Um, it's now more of a sales cycle. So the customer comes into this cycle where perhaps they're sold, products delivered, you know, follow-ups taken place, um, reviews taken place, referral requests. We've then got upsell, cross-sell products that might fit in might suit or you know depending on what it is you do for example if you do garden maintenance you'll go through this cycle a lot quicker because every four or six weeks you'll be in the garden yeah or in the lawns or whatever but it's kind of the the so journey's gone from that to, to a circle that never ends now um and if, if your customer's kind of falling off that wagon you might have some problems yeah i think from from what you're saying i suppose it's something i knew but you've sort of brought it to the forefront a little bit there that the customer journey starts even before us as business owners are aware of that customer entering the journey because of how easy it is to get that access to to information about our businesses and, and what we do um so that's that's really interesting i think i think it's certainly something as as business owners that we need to be aware of that even though we have the processes in place to to facilitate that customer traveling through the customer journey and sales funnel that we need to be very acutely aware, acutely aware of what's going on before that stage, before we even know about them. Absolutely. And that, that's what you're just going to be aware of, mindful of, is 
because of the power of the internet, power of you know, all the social media platforms now, um, they you they could read you know thirty reviews of you in in twenty seconds easily through Trustpilot, through yeah. Google, or whatever it may be. So they've kind of already reviewed you uh, before they've come to, into that funnel, if you like. Um, so I wouldn't say somebody who comes in at the top is is a definite sold lead, uh, but they're certainly a lot warmer. Unless you're unless you're cold calling them and outreaching by a cold call, uh, cold DMs, then they're certainly a lot warmer in terms of uh, where they're at in that biz, that buying journey. Yeah, no, that's great. No, that's good. Um, so obviously you're in the world of sales, um, and you've you spoke to us already about them going through a, a cycle and a customer journey. Do do you identify certain stages of a sales process, or is it is it just one? sort of long customer journey to you do you have sort of defined sections of that yeah so and, and i generally say to people don't deviate from this um so i would say you've got your prospect uh, at the start of this journey so that's where they're they're very new to you. you you don't know what they want yet they don't know what they want yet or they might come in with some idea but generally we don't know what we want you go from prospect to qualification uh and qualification is the big first biggest area uh of that journey because you need to qualify who they are what they need, what they want, uh, budgets, you know, what 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 the problem is, why is it such a problem to them? Um, and then you can move on from qualification to, I call it solution, um, solution presentation. But essentially, you know, this, this is based off what you've told me, option A, option B, or option A, this is the solution I recommend to you. Uh, the customer they then will go into usually into uh, as he says no the objection handling or the objection so this is where they'll come with the but x y z a b c whatever it may be um, so then you've got the objection handling there you're going to uh, what I call a pre close so you can handle those objections to a point where if you can get past them and the customer's satisfied and happy a pre close is kind of a uh, if you like it was a trial close it's essentially called a trial close. But it's a, if we can get to this point, are you going to be in a position that you want to move ahead with this project? Yeah. Um, and then what can happen at the trial close is you might get a second bout of objections. You do get it sometimes where, you know, you've gone through all, you've gone through the wife got, or the husband or, you know, the dog's got to have to <laughs> yeah. say or whatever, you know, whatever it may be. And then they suddenly hit you again with, well, actually, no, £3,000 is a lot of money and I'm not sure I can afford it. Yeah. So then you're back to, back into your objection handling. Yeah. Back to trial close. And then once that's done, you're into close. So in the close, that's where you're going to be closing the sale, getting the contract, getting the money paid. Um, and then I, I kind of put on initial delivery straight after that. Uh, now, this isn't taught in many sales trainings, but I kind of just put it in my own as initial delivery. Um, and I normally do a 30-day follow-up straight after, even if it's not finished the project. Yeah. You know, 30 days in, are we, how are we doing? How are you feeling? How you how's it looking? Um, always a little bit. It can always be a little bit difficult because you know service-based businesses, particularly, they might not have seen enough of an impact in those first thirty days. Absolutely, yeah. But they'll get a feel for whether they like it. You know, and the reason I do that is because again, what you don't want to do is get to sixty-nine days and they're suddenly spouting off and saying, "Oh, well, this isn't working." Uh, you know, I imagine this happens a lot with PTs and stuff where. I've been to the gym for three months. I've not lost any weight. Well, Absolutely. you've yeah. got to keep on top of the customer because particularly in service-based businesses, you are guiding them to do stuff. 
And if they don't do it, they don't get the results. But the blame will always come back to you as the business owner because they've handed over physical cash to you. Yeah, and, and I think in my world, that's, a, that's the equivalent of asking a business for information, yeah, assets, digital assets that I can use to compile their social media strategy. Uh, and if they're not being delivered, then that would restrict ultimately my performance. Yeah. And what you don't want to do then is 60 days end line, they go, well, you know, we've paid you, Darren. Why, why, why have we not got 400 leads coming in a week? What's yeah. happened to that? Um, and so what you want to be doing is, is not being on top of the customer, but keeping them accountable for, you know, you've signed up to this program. So for this to work, this is what we agreed. You haven't done this yet. Why is that? And it might be other reasons, you know, they might've got distracted. They might have, I know the cat might have died, unfortunately, or something. Yeah. But you, you know, what you don't want to do is get to the end of 90 days. And I say 90 days, it could go on way past that, obviously. Absolutely. Yeah. You don't want to get to that point. And then they start slating you and they start moaning and they start um, complaining about you on social media and, and other review, leaving you bad reviews because then that has an impact on you. Um, uh, and we're the greatest one in the world, you know. Business owners can defend themselves, but you're always coming from a defensive position at that point. And it never works, uh, does it? Yeah, it's, it's always a difficult one. It doesn't matter how you word it, how you read it. As a customer, you sit there and go, oh, you know, and, and you only need two or three of them in a quick succession, and yeah. suddenly that has a, an impact on, you know, people's trust within in you as, a, as to deliver. Yeah. So hence why I tend to do uh, initial delivery, 30-day follow-up, 60-day follow-up, 90-day follow-up. Um, and, you know, depending on, it depends on the business. So I've, to give you an example of this, I deal with a uh, website company that's local at the minute. They've been going 15 years. They haven't turned over over three quarters of a million quid in that 15 years. Um, that's where they want to get to. They want to get to just over a million quid. That's their target this year. Yeah. Um, and so I'm having to keep, so I'm training the sales team, not the, not the management, because the management don't feel they need training. Um, but having to keep the owner accountable because the managers keep getting involved in the sales process. Okay, yeah. Um, so it's, it's holding the owner to say, look, you, you, you managers, you didn't want training, which is fine, but then let me train the sales team, let them deliver the results, and then make your assessment for yourself rather than the managers intervene in that decision process or whatever. And it's just about keeping everybody accountable. Yeah. Which it can be a challenge. It can be a challenge. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think you're right. You've got to have those those processes in place, haven't you? And those those battle lines drawn and saying, yeah. this is what we're doing. I can stick to my part of the bargain. This is what I need you to do. Yeah, ultimately, they've called you and you want them to succeed because for you as the business owner, A, it's great, you know, it's great results for you. It's great publicity for you. It's great reviews for you. Um, so you want them to succeed. Uh, and you want to help them, you know, the, the, these are genuine people who've come with genuine problems. Yeah. Um, and I always say, I use the example of this as a, as a cold call. If you cold call somebody and you interrupt their day, it's called, it's essentially called a pattern interrupt, but, you know, yeah. let's just say you sat at a desk two o'clock on a Tuesday afternoon, phone rings. If if you're not focused on what that conversation's about, you're just going to end it as quickly as possible um, and get a, get away from it. So and what you what what happens is you've got life going on in the background, you've got a job going on, you know, you've got family, you've got I don't know the car needs a service, 
whatever it may be. If it drops off the radar, then it causes problems further down the line for you as a business owner trying to deliver what they want. So you need to keep them fired up, keep them engaged, keep them, you know, what you want is the, the line open. You don't want them to be ringing you every day with a problem, but you want that line open to say, let's get this moving forward for you. Absolutely, yeah. No, that makes sense. So if we sort of move on, on to sort of good sales tactics and processes, if that are <laughs> the right words, yeah. Uh, can you tell us about a time when you've been sold to and not realised that it was a, a sales process? Yeah, so probably when I uh, bought my first car, so I was, what, 18? Um, I went into the garage. Uh, the guy, I kind of went in and and said, I'm just looking, you know, that faithful line. I'm just going to look around. I don't, I don't want a car today. Um, and about four minutes later, I walked away with, you know, an £8,000 loan for a car. Uh, <laughs> and that time, you couldn't take it away at the same day. It was like, you know, I have to go for service and all the rest of it. But the guy was so laid back and so genuine, or he came across so genuine, that it was like an informal chat. Yeah. Uh, but I look back at that now and I look back at the way that conversation went and, and clearly it wasn't, well, his, 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 he was sincere in his, his approach. There's no two ways about it. Um, but it was also guided down a process that kind of took you down a path to sign in for a car that you didn't really realise I wanted on that day. Yeah. Okay. I think that, yeah, that makes sense for a lot of things I bought, I think. I think, uh, <laughs> I think a lot of it depends on where you're coming from in your own state of mind as well, doesn't it? It does, you know. So it depends whether it's a need or a want. But that's probably your first factor. Uh, so want is like a desire, you know. I desire to drive around an Aston Martin, but I'm not going to walk in the Aston Martin dealership tomorrow and buy one because, you know, I'm just not going to. Um, whereas a need, you know, somebody who's coming to yourself or myself, they need uh, they need someone to manage their social media. They need someone to train the sales team, or to get their sales up. There's a there's a need because they've got a gap there that they they can't fulfill, yeah. uh, and they don't know how to move past it. So there's a need. You know, they want more money. They want more yeah. leads to, to make more money. Um, and that that kind of depending on which mindset you're in, and that can be the a little bit difficult with car, things like car sales because you do get a lot of people that kind of you know. Uh, look at them and go, well, you know, that BM's really nice, but that BM's got a 40 grand price tag on it. Yeah. This Ford Focus over here has got a 20 grand price tag on it. That's more my range, but I don't want to look at that. I want to look at the BM because it's a nice car. Yeah. I think we've um, yeah, well, this is it, isn't it? You know, it's, it's particularly in like your late teens and early 20s, it's like, oh, you know, Friday night out on the town or whatever. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's needs versus want in your mindset in terms of where you're at. Yeah, no, it does make sense. Uh, quick, another question for you then. Um, okay. I, and it's something I come across now and again. So okay. I will get contacted by someone um, about what services I can provide. It'll get to a stage where I will ultimately provide uh, them with information about what I can do or at whichever part of it that we're at with the sales funnel side of things. And yeah. then nothing. So from your point of view, how many times should I be trying to recontact that that prospective client before giving up? So, so it's always an interesting one, this one. Um, so the average says that a client buys or a customer buys now between contact 12 and contract 15, uh, yeah. to give you some idea. Um, 
I suppose what you've got to do is look at why, in your own mind, why do you think you've been ghosted? Um, yeah. In essence, a lot of the time, yeah, a lot of the time that there are indicators earlier in the process that will say they're uncomfortable, but now they're just telling you what you want to hear to get you to leave them alone and not, and then they can just block you essentially. Yeah, not in a nasty way, not in a nasty way, yeah. but um, so particularly when it gets back to the information stage, let's say somebody says to you, uh, oh, you know, Darren, you know, amazing. Can you send me some information and I'll have a look at it and I'll get back to you. So there's two things you've got to do there really is the first one. Uh, so let's say you're selling to me. So I, you'd say to me, uh, so Jamie, just tell me of the information that you want me to send, what exactly is it you need to see in that information? Yeah. And then pause and let them speak. And if you hear the ers and ours, that's usually a good sign of it. It's basically a, I'm not going to call you back. If yeah, if you get the oh yeah, you, actually, what I need to see is a, a better explanation of what you're going to do with Facebook, for example. Yeah. Well, then you know that that's thing. But what it also does then is is identifies that they don't quite understand enough about what you're going to do with Facebook for them. So what I'd then do is requalify around the Facebook aspect and rediscuss that element with them. And then if they're still adamant, they want that information at that point, I'd send that information to them. But the, the, I need information is nine times out of 10. It's a, um, it, it's a block for, uh, just bugger off mate. And you know, yeah, don't you're wrong. You will get people who will buy, uh, this is majority of the buyers, but not all you'll get. You, you do get buyers that do need to see, information you know that's how their mind works i need to see on paper what it is but you need to qualify that out to whether it's a load of rubbish and and they're just trying to get rid of you or whether it's you know miss excuse me mr and mrs smith who actually need to see something to, to make that decision yeah absolutely um and then the second part of it is so let's say you, the information that thing still is there uh so you say, I, you, I say to you, okay, Darren, send me some information. I'll give you a call when I'm ready. And what you can do here is say, well, let me just explain to you, Jamie, that I'm not always readily available. So I work with a number of clients. So to avoid you missing me, let's get that call booked in for next Tuesday at 2 p.m. when we can discuss the, once you've read that information, we can go back through everything. Is that okay with you? And again, nine times out of 10, because you're getting a, a micro commitment out of them, to, to be back on a call, uh, unless they're complete enough to dicks, if I'm honest, yeah. then uh, they'll get back on that call with you. Um, you'll get the odd person that will still try and, you know, ghost away. Um, but you've got to get a little bit creative if you follow up as well. Um, so I use quite a lot. I either use a lot, an app called Loom, a uh, little video app off the iPhone. I imagine it's available on other products. Um, five minutes, you know, I my most of my follow-up videos are under two, two minutes. Uh, what I'll do is I'll email it to them uh, and then it tells me when they've watched it. Ah, okay. So literally, as soon as they've watched it, bam, th within 30 minutes, they're getting a phone call because I know they've watched it. And is that you giving, ultimately, more information or uh, have, yeah, you so have you read the yeah. information sort of thing? So it'll either be, um, hey, hey, Darren, you know, we, we spoke last week, I sent you some information, I'll give you a quick, I've tried to call you. I couldn't get through. Uh, here's a quick summary on this video of the information you asked for. So for example, the Facebook scenario, 
just so you know, here's what I'm going to do with Facebook. Here's what I expect the return to be. Um, obviously, I, that was on the document I sent you in your email, but um, you know, I just want to make sure you've got that and it's clear and it's verbal to you. Um, can we get on a call this afternoon between 2 and 3 p.m.? Um, and again, it's it's tying them back down to a, a committed time. You don't want to leave it open to wishy-washy answers of, yeah. can we get back on a call when you're ready? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, which is the natural way to do it. It's a natural way. We're, as humans and as, as sellers, you don't want to feel like you're imposing. Yeah. Um, but this goes back to what I said at the start of, you need to treat yourself as a, uh, a professional in that field and you have to treat yourself as, you know, I am... Think of yourself as as a doctor if you want to. You know, you are the doctor of social media. I need to prescribe you this to make it work. Yeah, I need to. So I need you need to expect my time uh, to do that. You know, you can't just wishy washy your way through it and hope you will get you will get people. Don't get it wrong, people will buy that way, um, but it takes longer. It takes the process a lot longer because there, there's no clear, concise frame to to your conversations so you, and, you and that's, position yourself in giving yourself that position of authority out here which will either make or break that that deal almost but at least you know where you're at don't you and, and as we absolutely. said right at the beginning it's about the fit isn't it absolutely and and you know if if somebody says to you off the back of a loom video or or off the back of the information you've sent it's not for me right now that, that's not a bad thing to have that because that means you're not chasing somebody who's not ready to buy. Yeah. You know, you, you can then say to them, do you know what? That's absolutely perfect. Darren, I really appreciate it. Really appreciate your honesty and your time. Can we look to review this in three months time? Would, would three months time be enough time for you to re-review this? Uh, and you might say, you know, actually I only need a month. Yeah. Brilliant. Okay. We've narrowed it down to in a month's time, you're going to be ready to look at it again. So I'll call you in three weeks. And it and it also helps you as that person uh, that's selling your service. Keep track of where you're at ultimately, doesn't it? No, you, you can keep cracking on with what you're doing, knowing that at some point that will re-enter your funnel, your customer journey. Uh, yeah. And we'll go from there and, and see see if there's any anything different with that client then. The, the, the issue that the number one issue that a lot of bit I see a lot of business owners have or small sales teams particularly is the hooked on two or three deals. Um, so, you know, um, if deal X comes in, you know, we'll be sound, that'll pay the bills for the next six months. Um, you know, sales team, I'll get my commission for this quarter, whatever it may be. Yeah. Uh, and, and there's nothing wrong with having enthusiasm in getting a deal, you know, particularly a good one, one that you've chased for a while or, there's a lot of money involved or whatnot. But if you become so fixated on that deal, you start missing other opportunities. Um, and what happens then is this deal doesn't happen. And then you're scratching around going, oh, great. What am I going to do now? You know, what, how do we pay the bills for the next six months? How do, oh, I've got no commission for this quarter now. I can't take the missus out for Valentine's night because I've got no commission. So you, whilst, yes, you have to have a focus on it and it's good to be excited, look at the bigger picture there might be another 15 sales over here just waiting to happen. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and it goes back to that conversation we had at the start of, you know, you're only ever one conversation away from your next deal. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, and it just helps you manage that, doesn't it? It does, mate. It massively does. It, mass- it keeps people 
it's nice to have the big deals. Don't get me wrong. You know, to get to when I did to my biggest deal was four million quid um, for from my employers. It was a four million pound deal. I walked out to there with a purchase order for four million quid. That took me eighteen months to get. That one sale took me eighteen months. In the meantime, I've generated the best part of six million out of out of all the other customers over that time. So yeah, it's nice to have the four million pound sale, that one sale. But if I'd have waited for just that sale, I'd have waited for eighteen months with no commission, uh, and all my bosses look at me going, "What the hell are you doing?" Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you're right, Ian. It's it's important just to keep that that wider view on what's going on. Keep the flow. Keep you know keep 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 the flow. Keep active. Uh, keep fluid. I think is one of the phrases I hear quite a bit. But you yeah. know you've got to be uh, you've got to be quite diverse to um, not just focusing on that one because you, you the minute you become f- focused on it, you do silly things like discounts, like making promises that you know are so far off this planet that you're never going to keep them, um, and then that just damages that relationship anyway. Yeah, uh, and, and that makes it really really hard then for a the customer to trust you. Uh, B for you to get your, your ass back out of the ditch because trust me, having been there, you just feel like you've been run over. Um, yeah. I used to do it, you know, that, that don't worry, boss, this will come in this month. Mm, it doesn't come in. Where's that sale? Uh, and you, you just feel deflated, and yeah, you know, it's not a good place to be for you. So keep active, keep that pipeline nice and full, keep the inquiries coming. Um, and, and if you get to a point where you can't work with, as many customers because you've got so much work on, then that's obviously a different scenario and you need to have a review of what you're going to do at that point, whether that's another member of staff or whether that's you you start slowing down on taking on customers. Um, excuse me. It's, it's whatever suits at that minute, that particular moment. Yeah. Cool. Um, I feel like you've, you've touched on it already with quite a few things that you've said, but I'll, I'm going to ask you anyway, just in case you want to add anything else. Have you got any top tips for closing sales? I know we've touched on things like, keeping that wider view and keep things fluid. Uh, Is there any other tips you can sort of throw my way and for people that are listening (laughs) or watching this? To to, to be honest, the the big one that um, helps a lot of people when I I train it, um, I wouldn't say teach it because it kind of implies that people are learning more than than they should be, Um, but train it. If you lose a sale, particularly a big one, ask the buyer. Just call them up, maybe not that day, maybe not that week, so you're a bit pissy, but yeah. you know, leave it a couple of weeks. But, you know, or get, if you work in a business where you've got other members of staff, uh, get one of the managers to ring, speak to the buyer, and just, you know, quite open-hearted, you know, I just want some feedback on the reasons you didn't choose us for this project. Uh, and the reason I say that is because once the sales pressure's gone, i.e. they've bought or they've decided they don't need it, you, then they're more likely to tell you the real reason why they haven't bought you for you. And take it on board, take it as feedback. You don't ever take it as criticism, uh, unless they say you're absolutely, you know, you, your <laughs> communication's awful, in which case, take that as a bit of criticism. But, you know, if they say, well, you didn't communicate this across to us very well, so we didn't know quite where we stood on it, it's a bit of a kick, don't get me wrong, to hear them say, or we didn't buy because of this. And, you know, I've heard some silly reasons why people haven't bought. Um, but take it on board and learn from it. Yeah. And use it in your next presentation uh, or your next sales call or your next closing call. Yeah. Um, 
don't, don't and I still I still go on sales training now. I still learn because the, the market is always adapting. It doesn't say consistently still anymore, unfortunately. Um, so the, you know, you've always got to be adapting, moving, learning. Yeah. That's number one. Number two is, and this is the other big one that, and this one really does annoy me though. So if you don't ask for the sale, you can't expect to get the sale. Um, and so the amount of people I see, uh, they'll either go, right, I've sent him a quote. He'll come back if they want it. Or uh, you'll get to the end of this presentation. It's amazing presentation. They've gone, right, yep, okay. What do you think? And then the bar go, oh, we need some time. They go, okay, and, and walk out thinking, well, that's a done deal. If you don't ask for the business, you're not going to get the business. So Makes sense, know, doesn't it? Absolutely, mate. And it's it's the simplest one. It basically leaves money on the table because you've got to bear in mind in a buyer, in a buyer's mind, and we talked about this a little bit earlier with like the family and the you know car need service and whatever. Yeah. If it's not clear and simple to them what they need to do next, they're just like, oh, well, that's just looking somewhere else. I've got to try and sort out at some point. Instead of saying, yeah, you know, just just lead lead them to it and let them make that call. Let them see what they say. But you know. Does that sound okay today? And you might say, yes. Brilliant. Well, Darren, the next step for us is, and then tell them what the next step is. You know, the next step is uh, I'll send you an invoice for 50% of the deposit. Uh, we'll start work on this date with you guys. This is the first three-month plan. This is your installment plan. I'll send that on, you know, Stripe or GoCardless, whatever it may be. Um, and that will take care of your payments for you. Once you've clicked it and set it up, that bit will be done. We can get concentrating on your leads and your sales. Fantastic. Absolutely. And all the buyers then really got to do is go, yeah, okay, mate, here's, you know, here's some of your invoice, I'll pay it. Um, so if you leave it on the table, you leave it open for somebody else to walk in who just says, so you're going to buy. It's true, isn't it? Absolutely. Because um, if they make the process um, simpler uh, and are leading them through that process better, then that's where the sale's going, isn't it? It's it, it, it was taught to me that it doesn't matter um, how amazing you are. If, if somebody's got four presentations in one day, it doesn't matter how amazing you are, by the end of it, they're going to be burned. If they don't know what the clear step is to do next to, to buy your product, they'll just go, oh, you know what? Uh, Darren was really good, but I don't really know what we have to do. So we'll just buy Jim's because it's, it's similar. Yeah. Uh, and Jim has left us an invoice. Absolutely, yeah. There's a link here that I can click and sign up and I'm done. Yeah, so keep it simple. You know, don't forget to ask for the business. Um, and and for, for what heaven, heaven's sake, don't just send them a quote and think they'll magically reappear when, um, when, when they're ready because that doesn't happen or it doesn't happen 99% of the time. You know, you need to be following up, follow up, follow up, follow up. Uh, you need to be checking that they've got the quotes. You need to be having the conversation around how that quote fits into their budgets, you know, when they're looking to start. Um, it's not, it's not a magical, the, the days are gone where there's like three suppliers and the customer's really choosing between the three people they like. Uh, you know, there are multiple in companies in every industry now. Um, yeah. Do you know what I mean? That there are so many multiple and yes, the buyer could like you, you could go for a pint with you, but doesn't mean he's going to buy from you. There are, there are so many multiple options out there. You've got to be consistent, strong, and, and you've got to follow that follow that lead up. Um, I think I can't remember if it's uh, Wolf of Wall Street where he says, 
don't hang up till they buy or fucking die. Yeah. It's not quite like that. Don't get that aggressive on the phones. But, you know, there, there's an element of it of until you get a no, you need to you need to work out where they're at. Yeah, you need to work out where they're at. But don't keep ringing them every week going, are you ready to buy? Are you ready to buy? You need to get a little bit creative with it. So, um, you know, I've I've done an assessment of your Facebook over the last 30 days since we discussed. I'm going to quit look. It looks like you've had a, roughly 20 leads in. Um, you know, my conversion rate would be around 80 leads. So that's 60 leads you've lost this month. Um, yeah. Based off what you said, average lead is two grand. So 60 times two, 120,000 pounds. You know, are, are you ready to, to move forward on the 120,000 pounds or not? And when you say it like that, it sounds simple, doesn't it? Uh, yeah, but it's it's about, and this goes right, right, right back to your qualification. So if you've qualified them well enough, you know enough about them yeah. and their business, then you'll know the the factors that impact them the most. And if you know the factors that impact them the most, then they're the factors you can focus on to close the sale. Because there's no point saying, um, for example, let's say it is that example. So let's say, you know, it's 120 grand worth of leads that have gone AWOL because... Uh, they haven't bought from you. Well, there's no point then talking about Instagram and going, well, your Instagram's uh, out of date by three months. Well, we don't get any leads from Instagram, so what's the point of yeah. worrying about Instagram? You know, the focus needs to be on the problem and then use that problem. You almost use the problem as a lever to move them forward in the sales process. Yeah. Um, but not in a slimy way, in a consultative, strong... Um, it's providing that value, isn't it? Absolutely, mate. Absolutely. And, and, and I talked about this a little bit the other day in a video. There's nothing wrong further down the line with you being mates with a customer and, you know, going for a pint or a meal or you know, whatever it may be. But you're not trying to do that at the early stage. You, you're not trying to be their friend. Yeah. You, you're trying to establish a problem. Um, further down the line, you know, you could go for a pint with somebody. Um, I personally don't very often because of the fact that there's still a business relationship there. But that's me personally over. Yeah, I think depending on what else. your business is, it's it yeah. can work. And there's certain scenarios certain like needed. your own way potentially wouldn't work as well. Yeah, you know, in certain industries, you need to do it. And the um, golf course is, is the main one, isn't it? Yeah. Well, yeah, the golf, I'm, I'm, I'm crazy golf, that's about me. That's my limits. Well, I'll yeah. be I'm with you, but, I'm with you uh, on that one. <laughs> but yeah, that that's, uh, you know, that that's kind of, the big things that people do, they leave stuff on the table, stuff that really, if they just put a little bit more effort in, they close it. Yeah. Uh, or they'd understand why the customer isn't closing there and then. And be able to develop from that. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and there's, again, there's nothing wrong with um, a customer saying no to you now, but then you ask him for a referral. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, as long as that relationship's good though, you've got to be, you know, the reason <laughs> they refuted is because, Actually, they're just fine. She's not ready for it right now, yeah. but they've loved everything else. Then, yeah, I mean, I, I've got people um, that I've provided in this sort of initial information and costings to and things like that, and it's just not for them at that time. Um, and there's yeah. there's a couple that have later sent me an email saying, "Can I just introduce you to this this other person um, that ultimately may or may not provide you with work, but at least you've got that relationship in the right place where, yeah." you're not a good fit for that initial connection at that time, but they're more than willing because the, the relationship is right to refer you on. 
yeah, and, and that's it. You know, that, that's that's amazing, really, to be in that position. Um, a lot of people hate the no's, but actually the no's are just as good as the yeses. If you manage them. Um, yeah, of course. Yeah, you got to, you got to, <laughs> if you're getting 99% no's, like one yes, you might, again, you might have a problem to look at. But, you know, if you're, if you're getting somebody saying, no, it's not the right fit for me right now financially, or, you know, I can't commit to the time right now. Well, they've been genuinely honest to say financially, because if you think about it, the one thing we hate, particularly in Britain, it's not so much the other countries, but Britain, we hate talking about money. Yes, it's like the one taboo subject. Uh, and again, I see this in sales quite a bit where we don't talk about the money. We just kind of email it and then it kind of just, you know, and that, that's the figure. Um, but for someone to say, actually, financially, I can't afford it right now. It's quite a, they obviously built some trust in you to say that. So you should take that really as a compliment. Absolutely, yeah, it makes sense, doesn't it? Because they're giving over that that more personal information about them to you, aren't they? They're opening up a little bit more. Absolutely, and and you know that that might be where you say financially, is it because of the cost? In which case, payment plan options, or is it because you don't want to tie that money up right now because you know you've got to buy, I know, stock or or whatever it may be, pay you know a member of staff or something. And, and that's fine to have that conversation. But uh, that takes me on to another point. Don't forget to talk about the money. Absolutely. Um, so in your sale, uh, again, products, product-based businesses tend to be better at this than, than service-based. Um, product-based probably because it's off the shelf or it's sat there ready to go. Um, service-based businesses, you know, I I see it a lot where, you know, oh, my package is going to be £3,000. And you can... Because the way they deliver that, that oh, it's going to be £3,000, it's not strong, it's not confident, and it implies from a buyer's point of view, if a buyer's particularly switched on a little bit, well, it's not confident. So, you know, if I start hammering here a little bit, I'm going to get a bit of money out of this. Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, in reality, and, and what I advise a lot of people to do is, if they've got a package that's a certain price, they know what that package is, and they think it's particularly expensive, is to stand in front of a mirror for 10 minutes and just say, my product is £3,000. Until you get confident, until you say it without that hesitation, without that kind of like, you know, that that voice where you kind of subtly change a little bit and go, £3,000. Get rid of that. My package is £3,000. And let me tell you what you get for that package. Bum, 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 bum. It's just another uh, feature of the service you're providing, isn't it? So yeah, for me, if I, it, it, sh- it should be done. But I understand where you're coming from, but it should be done in a way... In the same way, whereas I'm explained, you know, I will provide you with these features and this is the price. It's, yeah. it's just another part and parcel of the deal we're, we're creating. Absolutely. And, and you know, that's it's a real interesting one because because we're so like money is the, the taboo subject. But um, you ask people to work for free and they'll go, oh, I can't do that. But you won't ask for the money. So it's kind of like, you know, you've got to ask. Yeah, and it's not in an aggressive way. It's not in a tone of you've got to give me three thousand pounds. It is a you know this project is going to be the cost of three thousand pounds to complete. Now, and uh, so this is one of the tricks I've learned over the years. Sometimes, if I feel a little bit cheeky with a customer, um, and we've had a good you know bit of banter all the way through the conversation, I might say, and before you object about three thousand pounds, let me tell you what you're going to get for that three thousand yeah. pounds, and then you can complain about it afterwards if you want to. 
Yeah. Uh, well, that's a bit banterish. That's a little bit, you know, if you've got that good relationship with a customer. Each one's different, isn't it? So, yeah, no, that makes sense. Yeah. More formal. I wouldn't do that with, um, particularly if someone's, you know, a more formal setting. It'd be very, very different. The cost of this is £3,000. Yeah. Banterish, you know, or, you know, if you sell into individuals, and my package is £3,000. And then if, you, if you're concerned about it, you can always pause for a second and just see what they do. Because <laughs> yeah. uh, yeah. if, if they instantly start going like that, and it's like you can see the look on the face, you might then start going, but we do offer payment plans with that. So, you know, you don't have to pay it all up in one foul sweep today. Yeah. Yeah. That makes um, sense. So that, that's, that's just, you know, that's your money, leaving it on the table. Or just not asking for it at all. You've covered some of these already that I'm going to ask for next. But is there any examples of what what never to do, and you know, under under any circumstances, don't ever do this? So, number one, don't ever slate a competitor. Doesn't matter if you know they're the shittest people on the planet. Yeah, never slate them. It's not your position. Um, it. From a customer's point of view, it looks like you're just slating them to get the business. Yeah. Even if they know, they'll, you know, and if they engage that kind of, oh, you know, I went to Bob down the road and Bob, Bob, you know, he's awful, but he's dead, dead cheap. Just, just kill that conversation right there. And just, you know, I appreciate, you know, you've been to Bob and it's good that you've done your due diligence and looked at other quotations and other businesses. I could, will only comment for follow my media because, that's who I'm representing. Yeah. And just move it on. Just just kill it there. Absolutely. Um, don't, don't ever get into that conflab of that because it's just a bad scenario. It is. Um, yes. Other than that, I mean, the, the, the thing is, a lot of people don't ask questions. They want to ask the question, and they know they should ask the question, but they don't ask the question. Um, and I, I always say to people, well, if you don't ask, you're not going to get an answer. So there isn't very many silly questions you can ask in sales apart from, you know, um, how's the weather today? How's your cat doing? Again, further down the line, when you've got that good relationship, you might say, I might say, hi, Darren, you know, how's the missus and the kids doing or whatever? Yeah. But that's further down the line, you know, we've we've had a working relationship for a little while. Um, it's quite disingenuous to do it in the initial stages. Oh, how's it going? How's the weather? Because you, you're also now thinking, well, he didn't give a shit about the weather. He's just trying to sell me something. Yeah. Um, and that, that's just the honest opinion. What you, what else do you not do? So don't go in full throttle. Don't go in aggressive with anybody and don't ever get aggressive with anybody. doesn't matter, you know, what they're saying, you know, oh, well, if you can't deliver this tomorrow, then I'm not buying. If you can't deliver it tomorrow and you know you can't, don't enter into it. Yeah. Because, again, yeah. you're back into that boat of, bad reputation you're going to get slated um and you know you can have a hundred good reviews and that one ripple just kind of blows out it's a massive effect doesn't it yeah so um don't ever commit to stuff that you can't do um and be honest about it you know i can't deliver that tomorrow but i can deliver it by the end of next week that is my offering that's the service i can offer you and i can guarantee i can get it done by the end of next week the customer's then got two choices. He keeps ringing around trying to find someone to do it tomorrow, or you've been honest and said, it's not possible. Um, so that's another one. Uh, don't. Uh, this happened to me recently when I was looking at cars. 
don't don't ever lie to somebody because you you, you don't know what their expertise are in that field. Um, so whilst I'm coming to you as an expert, don't presume I'm I'm a complete dummo about it. I, you know, I might have some knowledge. I might be wrong, but be as honest as you can about well, you should just be honest, full stop. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but that that's one that I see, and that happened, like I said, that happened to me recently in car sales. I knew the car salesman was lying to my face, um, and I just called him out on it and said, you know, I know that's completely untrue, and because of that, I'm going to walk away from the deal. And I did, I walked away from the deal because I knew he was lying to me. Uh, because in the back of your mind, if you know somebody's lying – it, the trust is gone already. So I, in my mind, I went through yeah. the, you know, well, if this is wrong, well, what happens if the car breaks down? Who's going to fix it? I don't even know they're going to service it. How are we going to do this? We could do that. No, I'm, I'm out of here. I'm done. You know, I'm not going to give you my money. I'll go elsewhere. Yeah. Um, so always, whilst, yeah, you don't know exactly what somebody's skill set is, they've come to you for a reason. You know, you might get somebody who's been in, I don't get somebody who's been in sales for 30 odd years, but they don't want to train the sales team. Yeah, absolutely. Or, yeah, that makes sense. You know, so they're bringing somebody in to train it because they don't have the time to do it. Doesn't mean they're complete novices to a whole sales process, just means uh, they just don't want to do it for whatever reason. So I would not try and, you know, manipulate or, or lie to them to, to get the business because he's going to go, well, mate, you're completely wrong. And then you've got nowhere to go with it. I think it's similar, similar uh, for myself, really. I find that. I find that there's a good chunk of people come to me for, let's put it under a big, a big umbrella, social media strategy, yeah. so to speak, that have come to me because they've tried it. So they know, they certainly know something about what they're talking about. And you don't know how far they've delved into it. They may know quite a lot about it and, and got to a point where this is taking up too much of my time. I want someone else to do it. So they've got all the yeah. knowledge, um, just not the, the, capability in terms of time so yeah. you know you absolutely you've got to be straight up with them and as you say that that dishonesty is going to trip you up somewhere down the line massively massively um the other do's and don'ts in sales um well, i think they're probably the biggest ones if i'm honest they yeah. are don't lie to your customers uh don't commit to something you can't deliver um i suppose the other th- the other thing well the other thing I suppose you really should do is is keep them updated because uh, that's another tripping point for a lot of people. Um, if you don't update the, the customer on where things are at, particularly if it's a problem, if you don't update it, then it becomes a snowball that just crawls way out of control very quickly. Uh, and then you're not delivering a message of, well, actually, we've had a minor mess up, but we're doing this to put it right. We're now delivering a message of, we've messed this whole thing up um, and we don't know what we're going to do to fix it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that, that's that's probably the biggest, another big one. Yeah. No, they're, they're, they're good and certainly things that I hope that I know, but it's always good to be reminded, isn't it? Oh, man, this is it. This is it. You know, it's it's very easy to get drawn into conversations. Um, and it's very easy to, particularly if you're a fairly new business owner and you're thinking about the income primarily, mm. it's very easy to commit to stuff that you think, yeah, yeah, yeah I'll do it. And then you go, uh, how do I do it? Now, it might be something, you know, that's slightly off cuff and you think, well, I could do it if I went and learned it very, very quickly. But I don't know, let's say uh, you've got to deliver a Ferrari by 4pm tomorrow afternoon. Well, where are you going to buy a Ferrari? It's now not, what, 20 past eight 
on a Thursday night, you've now got the best part of seven hours to find a, a red Ferrari at this plate, this mileage. It's just not impossible to do, uh, even with the best one in the world. So just just don't, don't, don't get drawn into it for the sake of thinking it's a quick book because that quick book will cost you more in the end. It will. It will, absolutely. Yeah. So um, just to sort of recap then, what sort of clients do you look to work with? Uh, so that's a great question. Um, I pretty much work with uh, a number of, well, I work with a variety of businesses. My primary businesses are solo business owners or small businesses that are turned over under 3 million quid. Um, they've usually got a sales team of one or two people or it's the business owners just themselves doing it. And they're looking to scale up. So they're looking to, increase their sales action, increase their process, uh, ultimately boost their profits, uh, and in doing so, exceed uh, their goals and targets that they've put in place. Uh, and the idea of that is that they get to where they want to be. You know, that's whether that's bigger business, whether that's just a more stable income because it's consistent, that, that's kind of who I work with. Um, and, and, you know, I work with people who sell a variety of products and services okay. at the minute. Um, so I don't know how much you can tell us on this next one. Can you tell us about any of the sort of current projects that, that you're working on with your clients? Yeah. So we've got bizarrely, everybody at the minute is a web design companies. Uh, I don't know what right. the thing is. Um, so we've got one that is going from, so they've been doing small one man band websites. Um, they've got a team of six. Uh, so we've got programmers, owner, and uh, one salesperson, they're looking to go middle market now. So they're going into some mid-range businesses, which is a completely different sell uh, because you've got marketing managers, finance directors. You've not got, you know, Jim and his van who just makes the decision himself. Now you've got people you've got to present to. Uh, so they're currently, uh, when do we start? We started working with them last week of December, last working week of December, I should say. Yeah. Um, their target for this quarter is to do £550,000. Uh, they're currently at 300k of that at the minute. Right, um, so they've got still got a fair way to go, but they've got a number of projects in the pipeline. They've got a number of clients. Um, but that that one's been a, a very challenging campaign because it's been a lot of cold calling. Yeah. Because they're mar- they've changed market sectors going from um Jimmy's one man band, you know, in his van to mid-level market um engineering companies is their prime to focus okay um but they're also in talks with mcdonald's so wow it's not a bad uh, conversation to have is it (laughs) it's it's a it's a from what i understand and i don't understand the web world so to speak as much uh before i understand it's a huge commitment for them to take it on as in they'd have to employ four members of staff to look after that one contract yeah um but as we've gone through this and got the package together ready for McDonald's to present, we've costed those four members of staff into that deal uh, along with the profit. So, yeah. you know, it, it's there. And if McDonald's agree to it, then it's there, it's costed, and it's it's um, it's ready to roll, essentially, for Brilliant. them. That's a um, really exciting times for them. So it's a, Well, it's a name and a half, isn't it? Even I nearly fell over when I saw McDonald's. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so... So yeah, so it's 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 a good name to to work with. It's a good name to have, um, but again, you know, McDonald's will have a process where they'll have a number of presentations, number of buyers going through presentations. Yeah. Um, so we we've been working a lot on what they've got already and what they're looking to achieve. Yeah, cool. 
Um, so you're obviously helping businesses get to the next level. So yep. what does the future look like for yourself and, and building profits? Uh, it's looking very busy. Um, at the minute, I have got three spaces in February to take people on board. Um, and depending on the types of companies that come on and take those three spaces will then depend on March, how that looks. Yeah. Um, cause what I don't want to do is over, I don't overcommit myself as I, as I teach to other people. Um, I, I, you know, I work with people for, uh, I've done one, one day training sessions for people. I do a lot of the, the work I do is more on a, a coaching basis. So it's more of a, either on-site or a zoom coaching frequent interaction and accountability, uh, but ultimately, I want the businesses to succeed. You know, I want people to to get to where they want to get to, get to the next level. Um, I was fortunate enough to have this money invested in me back in 2017, uh, which, like I say, changed my process, changed my life. Um, and, and so I'm, I want people to feel that that success because it's a nice feeling. You know, it's 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 a good feeling going to the bank every month and not worrying as much about, you know, Absolutely. don't get me wrong, I'm still as tight as a duck, but worrying like you know can i afford um a mcdonald's this month or not i yeah. use mcdonald's because we've just talked about them but uh, and they're on my mind now but you know it's a nice feeling to have that you've got that little bit of money in there um and it gives everybody like i say it gives everybody that elevated gives smiles you know people sleep better people have more fun you know the work environment becomes more fun it's more challenging um not quite high-fiving each other but you know not far off that point yeah Absolutely, getting closer um, to it, isn't it? Absolutely. So, so that's and building profits. My ideal will be over the next twelve months. We take on a number of clients. We work with them to the point where I am at capacity, and then I can employ somebody to work with me to do it and deliver building profit sales training. Um, so that that's the the future as it stands for the next twelve months, anyway. So, uh, my my podcast, which we're ultimately doing for this far, is quite quite young and we haven't got millions of followers or anything like that but for anybody listening what's the best way to link in with you uh so you can email me which is jamie at buildingprofits.co.uk um if you go on to facebook instagram linkedin uh so on facebook and instagram under building profits uh building profits uk i should say on linkedin i'm under jamie Sargent. connect with me on those platforms um and yeah you know there's a group you can join i feel like you, know, you want to join it i'll uh, i'll put you in there the group where we i'm starting to look at this year doing some more lives and and getting some more training in place for the people inside that group uh to give them some excuse me to give them some support and again moving forward with their with their sales figures fantastic um and uh just to sort of finish off with um which is something that i started with uh Darren Ockenden, who I had on as a guest last, with a, a random question. Um, so right. your random question is, if you had a boat, what would you call it? Uh, I'd have to call it the rag doll, but that's mainly because I grew up <laughs> watching Rosie and Jim. Yes, on, absolutely. Uh, so uh, <laughs> it just made me think of it when you, when I saw that question. I'm like, all right, okay, what, what boat? Bro, of course, the rag doll, Rosie and Jim. Yeah, um, that's from that's from my childhood days. I'd be naming it after that. Really. Mine. Yeah, absolutely. I didn't, I didn't so. <laughs> no, well, it was that old Brum, and I was like, because I grew up in Birmingham, Brum, the little car that used to drive around the museums and stuff. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Re Rosie and Jim just pipped him to the post. Fantastic. Well, Jamie, thank you for being a guest. Uh, I'm sure that anybody listening or watching uh, watching this episode will have got some value from it. I certainly have. Um, as I say, it's, it's, it's been a good 
um, eye-opener and a reminder for me of, of some do's and don'ts. Um, so, uh, as Jamie said, please feel free to reach out to him if you're looking for help with your sales and uh, especially closing those deals. Likewise, you can get in touch with myself uh, through uh, a booking link on my website at followmymedia.co.uk. Um, both Jamie and I, speaking for Jamie, uh, will certainly hope that you have gained some value from this episode. Uh, and please consider leaving a, a rating, review and subscribing. We'll see you all on the next episode. Take care and I'll see you soon.